Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for the Super Bowl on February 11th, 2024. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. And top prize a million dollars, top four prizes, 100k plus, probably going to be some chops, so they all just get chopped, but you know, it's a lot of money, it's fun to think about. Speaking of, congrats to Milk from the Discord. This is, however, the third time in the last three weeks that someone from the Discord has had a lineup that would have won the 100K that was not entered in the 100K. Always a bit bittersweet. He can cry on a pillow of $1,000 and maybe some saddies, just like I cried on my pillow of slightly more than that. Um, and I think before that, who was it? Somebody else had one, I think, three three weeks ago. Um, if, if that's you, uh, you can comment in the chat or YouTube chat or Discord or whatever. Um, yeah, so welcome to this slate. Oh, there's nothing here. Uh, yeah. So I, if you're looking for other articles to read about showdowns, to, to brush up, read everything that Cody's ever written. Cody's great. Cody Maine. He's like the, um, the guy at established the run who does showdown stuff. And I was just reading their most recent showdown article. I'd read their one from a few years ago. And here's a, an interesting one for us. We always talk about limiting salary and here's the number of duplicates. 25 up here, five down here, and salary used. So, you know, I'm always capping it at like 49,500 for the big games. And that's because I don't want these, these duplicates that are over expectation. Because when what I also do, there's a thing right below here that says limiting product ownership is the most efficient way to, to limit dupes. And yeah, that's what we're doing when we, when we limit the geometric mean of ownership. So since this is a special game with special rules, let's talk about that for a second. So... Um, for the showdown, I'm going to just use 19, our usual sheets rule. And the reason is I want to win about $100,000 as my minimum for the slate. And I think to do that, that would be first place chopping about 20, 25 ways. I didn't want to do the exact math. So I left it about 20 and you get about 19. Well, if it was 25, would it be significantly different? 19.4, not really. So you get the general picture. When you have a competition with 470,588 people, you should figure out, hey, what are you going to do? Are you going to be like um, Awesomeo? Are you going to be like, uh, I should probably use the guy's real days now, but the, um, you know, are you going to try to go for just first? Because if so, let's have a look. What does it take today? 11. You have to have a geometric mean of ownership of 11. That's really low. I don't know if I can do that. That's the reason why, in addition to, $100,000 is fine for me. It was great last year. It would be great again this year. So anyway, that's how I chose my geometric mean of the ownership. Let me show you that. So in the settings, lineup rules, you know, I like to do it like this. Aggregated rules, sheets rule 19. So again, congrats to sheets, just won 100,000 this week, but not really using sheets as a rule. Probably it was a classic slate. So using late swap and stuff instead. But this, this is just, he mentioned to me one time that his he's always in the top 10 of... Um, most unique lineups and most under fives, even though he's only entering like two thirds of the max, which is smart. And, you know, I, I talk about it all the time. But anyway, so um, the geometric mean of the ownership, he limits to more than 19 or no more than 19, sorry, less than 19. And so that's I just call it his rule and I, I leave it there and I activate it as necessary. And it's about perfect for this slate. So we're activating it also because let me uh, there's a another part to this rant, which is I have a weird take. I know it happens rarely on the show, but I just don't understand. I mean, I know he hasn't caught passes yet, 
but the uh, snaps have condensed significantly for MVS. Like last week, MVS played 83% of the offensive snaps. That is huge, huge, absurdly huge. That hadn't happened in any 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 game since like week 16 and only twice besides that the whole season. So maybe it doesn't happen again. But if it does, what has happened this week? I don't understand. Did nobody watch that game? I mean, dude did not smash, but he was out there an absurd amount. And so I'm going to project him to be how much of a uh, Rashi Rice. So because Rashi Rice is out there the same amount, but I'll recognize Rashi Rice is a better guy. So how about do this, do this yourself. This is the exercise I did. What percent worse do you think MVS is than Rashi Rice? I said about what, 30%, 40%. And so I docked Rashi Rice by about that percentage because in terms of opportunity, MVS has Rashi Rice's opportunity. You must account for that. I don't understand how people are. I, I have tons of overs as well, but I will say because of this take, I am not overweight to him in the flex. I am only overweight to him in the captain. Because if he does get the best value of the slate, he's going to be a guy you want for his captain's points more than he's a guy you want for his flex points, right? Because assuming he's he unlocks the optimal, you want as much of that as possible. So anyway, I think it's about a fifth chance that he does catch passes in that same capacity this week. And so I'm taking that those shots... And then there's about a 10% chance that he just like chumps around in that role. <laughs> and so that, that, that explains my major stand of the week, which is play more MVS than everybody else is telling you to because he's out there and a guy's throwing him the ball who is capable and will check down to it. Like, I don't know if Purdy can do the progressions as well. That's why this isn't a Jawan Jennings rant. Also, we've got two guys, right? We've got Debo and Ayuk already. So we, we're projecting what? Debo and Ayuk both for significant catch. I mean, this all becomes, I still think Kelsey <clears throat> is running a bit hot. I don't think he has enough separation and stuff. And I, I mean, I, I know Mahomes goes to him as a second look, but Mahomes also like, he'll scramble in the playoffs, but it's possible that he takes a third look and the third look is MVS and it's MVS every single time. So, you know, I, that's, that's where I'm at on the slate. Juwan Jennings also, I adjusted up slightly, Justin Watson, I adjusted up slightly on the same arguments. He had about four, half the, yeah, he had, that's exactly what I did. He had about half the opportunity of MVS last week. So I set him to about half. Um, okay. So besides that, I don't need to tell you who to play in, in what capacity. Um, I will say generally, I'm getting to a little bit, I'm, I'm fading McCaffrey this week. I'm, I'm going to have some just so I don't die in, in the circumstance where he, you know, goes off. But I think, I think it, you don't, I looked at his game log. That's what I have up right here. Might as well just talk about it. And how many of these games is he for sure the optimal captain? Is it 40% of them? I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. It's only the ones where he has like three touchdowns. There's one. He only has multiple touchdowns in a total of like five out of 19 games, whatever. So it's like, there's not much meat on the bone if you take 40% captain McCaffrey. You know what I mean? And, and you have to get different elsewhere. You see, I have that. I have 16%, but that's a significant fade. I just don't, this ownership is pretty absurd to me. If it really is 36% McCaffrey, 18% Rashi Rice, it's just not going to have much of that. That's just like too much. But they're, they're fine. They're good players. They have opportunities, but like that much more than the rest of the dudes? I don't think so. Not for me. 
You see, I have not clicked George Kittle in the captain. I think that's just, I don't like George Kittle. Um, I think he's actually not very good. <laughs> so I don't want him in the captain. Watch that kill. I know he could get three touchdowns. I know he'll have that opportunity to run the stupid goal line play where they fake out the dumb fullback run and they throw it to either George Kittle or one of the other two tight ends. So, you know, it's not even a play for him necessarily. Okay. Uh, don't really have many other hard takes. It's just a play MVS slate for me. I guess going back the other way, I've got some Ray Ray because Ray Ray should get a few snaps and is the min. I believe he's the min price. So yeah, Ray Ray opens up a bunch of stuff for you. So you can play as much as you're comfortable with of Ray Ray to get you some fun, unique lineups. And I mean, you know, uh, he's returning kicks, I believe still. So, um, you know, he could break one, right? I mean, and if he breaks one, you could do that weird correlation thing. I don't think you should. Oh, what were my settings? I think I allowed, yeah. 45k to 49.6 because I knew to get unique. Yeah, I still didn't quite fill it all the way because with Sheets's rule, you significantly restricting your lineups. Man, I gotta hold on. I gotta move the um, window. It's freaking blinding me. Some weird glare has come in as the sun's moved. Okay, um, but ah, uh, what was it? I forgot where that rant was going. I'm sure it was a good one though, but I was getting blinded by the light. Uh, yeah, these other peripheral receivers, I mean, oh, yeah, the the you could correlate <laughs> Ray Ray McLeod with San Francisco. Is Let me see. Ray Ray kick return. Uh, Fox Sports, is that really what I've got to go to for this? I would really prefer that that be a better reference. I've never clicked on this website before. My apologies if it's like porn. Okay, it's not. So he has been a kick returner in 12 games. So he's probably returning kicks. That's not that many games missed. He was probably hurt or something. All right. So yeah, he's in play even just as a kick returner, right? He could get could take one to the house. What do we think the odds of that are? Hmm, 5%, 10%. So 5, 10% of what? Six points. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit higher than this. So we've got some chance he gets a, yeah, I think he had three offensive snaps last week as well. So, you know, the chance he catches one pass and three offensive snaps added into that. Eh, sure. Fine. Mostly leaning on Saberson for that. And plus it's only 18%. So whatever it's three X the field. It's a fine stand. I'm going to take it. This is 50 lineups. I'll be playing somewhere around that. I'm not sure exactly. I have 30 tickets and I think, yeah, I think 50 seems about right. It's a fun competition. And it, it's not that hard for me to get different since I want to play these weird receivers more than, yeah, probably other people do. And I, I find the case for fading. You know, McCaffrey, so the way I would say is McCaffrey, like, how often is he for sure optimal at this price? And how often is he um, probably in the winning line, right? So just in terms of raw points and stuff, there's only like, what did I, I think it was three out of 18. I think there were three out of 18 games where I think he was enough of a stinker where he would have killed you in the flex. So that's why I set my maximum to whatever. Yeah, I tried to set it so that I had 85 total percent. But every time I kept limiting him in the flex, it kept popping him up in the captain. So I don't really know what that means or where I'm going to wind up on that eventually because I don't really want to keep limiting him. And I don't really want to have more in the captain, although... That's probably a good defensive, you know, like I should have a defensive amount. Initially, I was at like 2% McCaffrey in the captain. So, you know, that's what happens if you don't limit him in the flex. But I do feel like he has those upside games just about as often. Yeah, about as often as he has. Yeah, perfect. Okay. 
So this is perfect because he has the upside games as often as he has the total stinkers, and most of them are standard flex games. All right. So that's what I would say for this slate. Make sure you're comfortable with the stands you're taking on all the major guys because that will define your slate. Uh, McCaffrey, wildly owned. He's owned 36% in the captain and 50% in the flex. So 86% total. And that's about right, right? It's just I just did the math on how many games this year has he been enough of a stinker to kill you. Fields on that. I agree. Besides that, Rashi Rice, where we're at 17% captain, 18% captain, and 50% flex. Sure. Hmm. That all, that all feels about right. I should probably have a little bit more there and a little bit less somewhere else. I assume that's basically where my MVS chairs are going. I think I'm okay because I'd rather have, like, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable having Kelsey or Mahomes instead of Rice because also Mahomes and... Purdy, Purdy at 3% is very attractive. I'm definitely going to have a fair amount of Purdy at 3% as like what? I mean, quarterbacks are optimal like 20, 25% of the time and captain. So, you know, it might be in 10% of the time. You know what I mean? So it's wild that he's getting 3% ownership. Got to have some Purdy. 20% is a bit excessive. We'll see if I stick with that um, and see how many of those. Yeah. But so Mahomes, same deal. 20% just seems about right for me and the captain for those guys. And then... They're going to score a lot of points. I'm sure I have a lot of both of them in the flex as well. Oh, not that much. 32% and 28%. So 60% over here and 40% over there. So on average, one quarterback per lineup. I see. So that is the price we pay for, for getting unique is very few quarterbacks per lineup. And when we do have them, they're in unusual places. They're in the captain instead of in the flex. Interesting. I can get behind that. It seems like a fun way to play the slate where it's either like weird Brock Purdy rushing touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, what do we think? It's a 3% chance he rushing touchdown vultures uh, McCaffrey. I mean, what, what's uh, Brock Purdy rushing stats? The series, he's had no. Okay, these are passing touchdowns. He's like, well, he's got a lot, of, got a lot of rushing touchdowns. <laughs> no, probably not. We got no rushing. Come on, man. Let's see the rushing. Here we go. Okay, so he hasn't done that. Let's see them all. Did he do that this year? I have a vague memory of him doing that once or twice. Twice, exactly twice, and a long time ago. Long enough ago that maybe they do it again. But anyway. I uh, the long was four yards. The long was one. So it was definitely a quarterback sneak. Anyway, I'm just saying that's twice in 18 weeks. That's like 10% of the time that if you wanted to extrapolate from the, the regular season, they might go with a, a Purdy rush. So I guess what I'm saying is I can only justify about 10% Purdy captain. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. I can't really justify more than that based on the season stats. Um, but, you know, I think generally speaking, do things like that. Make sure you're comfortable with all the stands on the guys you're taking. Like 12% Kelsey, fine. A little bit more captain. Probably a slight fade in the flex. Yep. All good. Yeah, I like what I generally like what Saber Sim's done in the background. So that's why you see me reacting to like this or that thing, but you don't see me reacting to like Blake Bell, 24%. I like it. Let's look at the snap counts from last week just to be sure, but I think they probably are on to something. 20%. He was definitely out there. You know, he was out there in those goal line circumstances. I really like that. So, you know, that's why I'm not like 
I don't want to, I don't want to talk myself out of a good thing when I have eight X Blake Bell for some reason. One of the other reasons I'm sure I have him would be he is min price, right? So to an ex extent, guys like Blake Bell, Ray Ray, they're just they unlock lineups. You know what I mean? So anyway. And you can see I left it at 49.6. Basically, there was one lineup earlier this year that won that had like one dupe or something and was at 49.6. And I thought that was basically impossible. So that's that's me just saying, hey, maybe it's possible that we could get with a, a appropriate restriction of 49.6 that was reasonable despite recognizing on the graph an average long-term of about 16 dupes for these lineups. But as we've said, 20, I mean, like, you know, honestly, yeah, I guess if we're going for 20 dupes or less, but that's the thing. These, that wasn't a normalized, not a normalized statistic. So stuff to say, you know, 20 dupes or less when this is obviously a much bigger field than we normally have. So I don't want to, I don't want to do the exact number thing I was about to do there. It's not appropriate. Okay. Well, I, I've, I'll make sure I talk about all the little guys because it's the Super Bowl. There's a lot of money at stake and it probably comes down to our stands on these weird guys. So you really want to be underweight on MVS? Not really. I mean, like, so what happens if I go back to 30% MVS? Who goes down? Is like the only thing that happens is I get less like uh, Blake Bell. It got, got like a eight percent less Blake Bell. Yeah, a, a little less Ray Ray McLeod. Okay, I think we're gonna stick with MVS at a slightly higher percent in the flex, just because of the other options being kind of meh. Like, I didn't like the other options when they were popping up there. So, but th does that leave me at too much? Uh, 50 50 MVS. That would be a good stand. Yeah, 50-50 MVS, so 20% captain, 30% flex. The 30% flex also now acknowledging not just that, oh, he could be the best value on the slate. He could be the best value on the slate and not be the optimal captain, right? I mean, if McCaffrey goes off and scores 30 points, he's still not the best value on the slate, quote-unquote. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, I'm not going to take any strong Pacheco stands. Let me confirm that I'm not taking a strong Pacheco stand. Eh, yeah. Slightly less in the captain, slightly more in the flex. That seems appropriate. He doesn't seem like he has the same upside as the pass catchers. Um, you know, a two, three touchdown game is a two to three event thing. Whereas for a pass catcher, they can double their points with a 60 yard catch. You know what I mean? And that's one event. So that's more likely, right? Anytime you can think about the number of independent events that have to happen, if there's less independent events, it's more likely by an order of magnitude. So like if something was, you thought it was like 10% likely and now it takes two events to happen. Now it's like 1% likely, you know what I mean? Anyway, okay. And that, that's a principle that I am porting over from other things that are more physics. So it's something that works as a good heuristic, not just in doing this. So I think it works here too, because it works in like collisions and it works in all sorts of other stuff. Okay. Now that I have uh, flexed some nerd cred at you without any actual fun stuff for an actual nerd who might be listening to me. Yeah, these backup tight ends are good. Richie James, whatever. Kickers, fine. But I mean, I guess generally I'm low on the kickers here. I, I put them in the captain for like consideration. But you wanted to blow on them to win all the money because the chance that a kicker has a monster game in, is just so low. It requires so many independent events. You know what I mean? Like 
drive end, drive end, drive end, drive end, drive end. All the drives have to end. The game situation has to stay the same so that they continue to kick and the guy has to make them. It's like 10 independent events for a kicker to go off. So anyway, that's the reason why I'm not going to bend over backwards to uh, to change my kicker exposure. And that's the same reason why, you know, for a guy like Blake Bell or Ray Ray, fine. You know, <laughs> same thing. Yes, it's a rare event. We all agree it's a rare event. But them catching a pass is one event. And if they catch a pass, they might be optimal. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm fine with taking that weird shot. Um, I mean, heck, MVS could score 12 points in one catch. That's like his thing. So, you know, I, and, and that's something else that I don't think people are recognizing. Like, to an extent, MVS is like their wide receiver, like, too standalone now. I mean, like, obviously, Rashi Rice is better and he's been there all season. But, like, last year, MVS caught an important touchdown and, like, a big clutch spot in the NFC championship or AFC championship game this year, the same thing in clutch spots. I mean, is Mahomes definitely looking to the guys we think he's looking to. You could make a case that not recently and, and with good reason, right? I mean, like what's the defense planning is the defense planning for a lot of MVS coverages. No, they're planning to cover Rashi rice. They're planning to cover Travis Kelsey. You can probably get a couple routes in there for the other guys. That is a pretty reasonable scenario to play. Or at least I hope so, because I'll be losing <laughs> several hundred dollars that way this weekend. And if, uh, yeah. And that's why you got to play with money that you can lose with tickets that you've won over a course of months and so they don't feel like real money. So that you can take a stand on stuff you really feel like and that you're like, you know, I know it's dumb. I know there's a 50-50 chance that this is like, the MVS doesn't even get the snaps and I'm completely dead in the water and, you know, save some ridiculous catastrophe but the ownership is just ridiculous for a guy who has had the work he has had i think it's just people like i i i guess the most favorable way to look at it is it's casuals more casuals in this event um but i don't know i think there's the mvs at 0.55 percent captain is absurd to me the wide receiver two on a team that's going to score three to four touchdowns, three touchdowns at least, we're all agreed. I don't know. That's pretty absurd to me. So um, that's my stand of the slate. That's all. That's my only stand. Every other, I didn't change almost any other uh, projection. They were all fine. I mean, it's just that one that stood out to me. Even when I went to, I went over to Juwan Jennings and I was like, can I make a case for Juwan Jennings the same way? No. Juwan Jennings not out there. <laughs> he's out there 42% of the time and he's a worse player. So you got to account for both of those things. And as a result, you don't get to that very much. I mean, if you're at 13.5% Ayuk, you go down to half that and a little bit less. And then you get to Jawan Jennings. And so it's like, it's just not the same case to be made. I just don't understand it. The only case you have to make... Now, let me look over here. Do we have snaps on the... Um, we don't have snaps. We have completions. 1.6 completions. So, I mean, that's fine given the way it's been. I just wanted to see if we had snaps because I wanted to know like what are we projecting for how much this guy's out. The only the only way I think you could defend a five five projection for MVS beyond just like last five or something that we know is not really science is that you think his snap count is not steady because it's been one game and that's fair and you can definitely defend that. So it's one game. In previous games, other people were getting more work. No, they, in previous games they were rotating. 
Justin Watson got more work than him in the pre prior week. So it could go any way, right? I do have some Justin Watson in the pool. You can maybe sprinkle that in. You could, uh, Justin Watson, captain, I didn't get to very much of that, but that would be another way to go. But, I mean, that's happened a few times. This time, two, three, four times throughout the season. That's happened enough that I'm going to go over here and I'm going to make sure that I have exposure to that because... Those weeks there there weren't people out. They just like they they cycle they cycle people in in a weird way. So it's possible that what I'll wind up doing here is having so his price is less as well. You know, I might cycle in like a um so Justin Watson with a slightly higher projection and a rule. So based on what I just saw there and kind of like the story I was trying to tell myself about why, you know, I was going preferentially with one of these guys. There's no reason to do that. It's just like with basketball. If you know there's a rotation and you know they go with a hot hand, then just build in for that. So I think they'll do like, I think one of Watson or MVS smash. I think one or the other of these guys will, will have more opportunities as a result of something. I don't really know as a result of what, right? Like, uh, I don't really understand what causes them to to give these guys opportunities on any given week. It seems kind of random. And maybe it's like somebody gets a, a, a niggling injury or something. But one way or another, a lot of weeks, right? Like if we cover the three weeks MVS had a lot of opportunity and the four weeks that Justin Watson had a lot of random opportunity, you can cover a lot of cases here. So anyway, I, that's what I think I'm probably going to do now that I've talked it out on the broadcast. That's one reason I like doing these shows. Try to wait till there's no news left, but I realized I oh, kind of waited a long time with this uh, football video. So hopefully you guys are still thinking about the slate. You haven't already made up all your decisions, but I like Watson or MVS smash as a rule. Um, one or the other of them will probably get the opportunities and it probably comes at the expense of the other. Was that also true? 60%, 50%, hmm. so, so yeah, 70 and 40, 60 and 50. So that's the thing, like, it's not entirely coming at the expense of the other guy. There's an entire rotation of dudes. But plus or minus, within this rotation where we have um, the other two established receivers above them, I think accounting for their part of the pie with a either or is probably fine. So that's all I'll do eventually. For now, it'll just break the um, it'll just break the whole thing for me to click apply here. But I'll just do it and uh, break the whole thing. But yeah, so that's my... Uh, my general thought for this week is if you have something that's a rotation, as we do with these weird, and I mean, if you want to include more people, I just can't. I cannot include, I don't think they're going to be itching to give Miko Hardman Jr. another chance. But if you did, you could include him in the rule, right? 7% as well. Yeesh. No thanks. That's just like a lot of you out there already on that. I mean, what was the snap count last? It was like nothing. He was not out there at all. Oh, no, this is a uh, San Francisco. 1%. He played one play last week. You can't play him, guys. 7% of you. is That's more than the snaps he played last week. Was He, he wasn't hurt, right? I, I don't think so. No. That's all old news. There's no new news. So, yeah. I, uh, I don't think you can uh, play him. But, you know. I'm, a guy, I'm also the guy telling you to play a ton of MVS, so clearly I have my weird ideas about the slate. Um, but I think right now, based on the way that not just this week's gone, but I mean, like, how, how far back do we have to go to get a ton of snaps from Miko? 100% in week 18, which was the, the week where they were giving up and giving snaps to all the guys they didn't care about. So, okay, 
Aside from that week, he's not got more than 38% of snaps. So he's never, he's not going to be ever, he's not a candidate for the same level of work just throughout the season, except for the game where they were giving trash people. And I mean, same thing with Richie James, right? So Richie James and Nicole have a lower ceiling than MVS and Justin Watson. So you have to make sure that your projections are accounting for that and the way you're building is accounting for that. For me, that means I'm not I'm not going to allow the two little guys, Nicole and uh, Richie James, not going to allow them in the captain, despite Richie James profiling as one of the higher value captains. I just don't think he has the upside to actually make that hit in the 0.4% of chances versus... 0.34 is what we got. Like we got the same percentage for Justin Watson, who's actually going to be out there a fair amount. Okay. So you've heard my lanes. We're doing weird Kansas city wide receiver things. If you feel slightly differently, do it slightly differently. But with rules over here, there's no excuse to feel like there's no excuse to split the baby. The, the current projections for Justin Watson and MVS are, are just, they're doing what I call splitting the baby using the biblical analogy or metaphor or whatever about, saying, oh, each of you can take half the baby to figure out who the real mother is. So each of you can take half the snaps is not going to happen with this rotation. One of them is going to get 60 to 80%, and the other one's going to get like 40 to 50%. One of them's going to be the alpha dog uh, in the wide receiver three role. So that's what we're talking about for this entire show, and now we've talked about it enough. So let me say, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. I hope it's somebody who plays MVS, but... You know, it's going to be one of these weird wide receivers deciding.